On a summer's day in the month of May, a burly bum come a hiking. He was walking down land through the sugar cane. He was looking for his liking. And as he strolled along, he sang a song of the land of Middle Canada. Hey there, this is the Sounds of the Trail podcast, a place where we talk about the ups, downs, and switchbacks of trail life. It's time for a hike. Where a bum can stay for many a day, and he won't need any money. My last uh, log entry before I went up to up Katahdin said... I have more problems now than when I started, but I'm a lot happier. You know, everyone comes out here to figure their lives out, and no one ever does, Welcome back to Sounds of the Trail. This is episode number 17, Down the Mountain, and I'm your host, Gizmo. Welcome back. Before we get started today, I have one announcement, and that is Sounds of the Trail now has stickers, which is really exciting. And if you want one, I can make this happen for you. All you need to do is send an email to me at soundsofthetrail at gmail.com. So that's soundsofthetrail at gmail.com with your address, and I will mail you one. I promise. (laughs) Let's see. Uh, This is my bazillionth take recording this episode because I'm having technical difficulties today. I decided to update my computer's processing system to Windows 10. And I think pretty much everyone who listens to this podcast uses an Apple based on my uh, listener stats, but I don't. And I regret it, at least today. Uh, So hopefully this works. If there is any weird skipping in this episode, there is nothing I can do about it today. I am so sorry. Please stick with me. And uh, we'll just move forward. So moving on from there, our uh, our podcast today doesn't have a theme so much as a direction. And the, the direction is down the mountain. And the mountain in question is Mount Katahdin, which is the northern terminus of the Appalachian Trail in Maine. And for many people, that terminus represents the end of the trail. For some people, that terminus represents the beginning, as they begin the north and walk south. But for kimchi, it's the middle. Kimchi is doing a flip-flop, which is necessitated by a broken foot. Having taken six weeks off to let her foot heal, she is now, uh, I guess you might say, behind in schedule. And although a thru-hiker does not have a hard and fast schedule per se... Winter comes every year, and you typically do not want to get caught in the whites during a winter storm, or so I hear. So Kimchi is flipping up to Mount Katahdin to begin in the north and hike back towards the south to complete her hike. So we're going to follow along with her as she she does this. And the, the funny impact of going in a different direction is that most people are still going in the other direction. And so the people that kimchi are passing are progressively farther and farther away from the end. So we're going to begin this episode with an interview with someone who has completed not just one through hike, but two through hikes and who is going to just enlighten us on why through hiking is so important. 
And then after Kimchi herself summits Mount Katahdin, we get to hear from someone who has just completed a through hike. I mean, just someone who is still still processing, who doesn't even know what that means yet, and and working through what it means to be at the end of a through hike. And then we're going to move even farther back on the trail or forward if you're kimchi or a southbounder and talk to people who are getting so close to the end of the trail but who aren't there yet. And from there, we're going to jump all the way to the west coast of the country where we're going to hear from the Pacific Crest Truck the Pacific Crest Trail folk see what they're up to, what's going on in the West, which uh, the short answer for that is fires, but I don't know if that's impacted Part 3 too much yet. I think it will, but not yet. And and that's going to be it for this episode. I'm going to just let the audio go because I'm having technical difficulties. I don't think it's too difficult to follow along from one clip to the next. As usual, the interviews speak for themselves. So let's take a listen. Hey, this is Kimchi with Sound of the Trail, and I am <laughs> sitting in line, in a line of cars to Summit Katahdin, um, doing my flip-flop. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the ridiculousness of the trail, and just kind of how uh, the trail is definitely pure magic. Um, so I'm sitting in the car with my partner, Silver Lining, and we're in a Subaru, and this cute little gal comes up to us and she asks us if this is the line for Katahdin, which is just a funny question in and of itself, especially in a car. And she happens to be a fellow thru-hiker and also a fellow thru-hiker of the Pacific Crest Trail last year. So I just think it's kind of crazy, I mean very random, to (laughs) meet someone again that I've met maybe once or twice on the Pacific Crest Trail last year. So I'm going to introduce you to her and ask a couple of questions. You want to introduce yourself and tell us where you're from and what you're doing today? Sure. I'm Jocelyn, also known as Patches, mostly known as Patches, actually. <laughs> I did the AT in 2013 and then the PCT last year. And I'm coming up here today to actually climb North Brother, which is one of Maine's 4,000 footers. And I've been camping over at Apple Bridge on the AT all day. So I sort of did an unusual aqua blaze yesterday. <laughs> Because the Penobscot River goes right along the AT for like a few miles, so I kayaked it up, kayaked up it. So you're obviously a seasoned through hiker, and it sounds like almost a career hiker. Do you want to talk a little bit about what you do in your quote unquote real life? Oh, we're supposed to have real lives. Well, so here's the thing: we're supposed to talk about making it happen and how we as through hikers make this happen. So maybe you can talk to me about how you kind of got started in through hiking, and maybe it sounds like you made it your life. Well. So hiking, through hiking in particular, tends to make itself your life. It's hard to go back once you go there. Um, so my story is a little long and complicated, but I essentially became allergic to my job. Literally allergic. It gave me occupational asthma, which was a thing I didn't know existed. And so I kept working and working and working because I dedicated so much to that life. And then it literally took my breath away. I couldn't breathe. And it took getting myself landed in the hospital before I finally was able to read the writing on that wall and say, no, if you can't breathe, you can't do anything. So my non-traditional approach to solving that was to go hike the AT. (laughs) I couldn't live my old dream, and I'd always dreamed of hiking the AT. 
So I'm like, screw it. I'm going to go. I'm going to live a new dream. And so I packed up all my stuff. I mean, at that point, I had trouble climbing the stairs to my apartment. I couldn't walk across the common without having to stop and rest and use my inhalers. And everyone's like, okay, good luck. (laughs) Um, You have all the meds you need, right? And if it doesn't work, you'll come back, right? So what yeah. did your, how did your doc, like, I'm sure your doctor had something to say about the fact that you basically were doing something that was going to be insanely physically strenuous. Yeah. So, um, I guess one advantage I had was that everybody knew that what I was doing and the way I was living before was killing me. Literally. It was obvious. I was just getting sicker and sicker and sicker. What did you do? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did research actually neuroscience research. So, um, I have a, actually a PhD in, um, biomedical engineering. Again, I'm, this is just a side note, obviously talking to patches, we can go into like a whole universe worth of Wellesley stuff. But one of my favorite things to talk about is like the different types of people that wind up on the trail. You're talking to someone with a PhD, someone who's a neuroscientist and she, yes, she gave up her entire life to be outside. So let's get back to you. Faculty <laughs> position. I had it Boston at a Boston school. It was really crazy. It was I loved it in a lot of ways. I was doing teaching and research and mentoring and all sorts of stuff that I loved. But it's also stuff that you get on the trail because it's sort of a constant process of learning and discovery and sharing what you see and what you learn as you go with other people. And I love that. And it really for me I started the AT uh, just after the Boston Marathon bombings. Oh, wow. And so my faith in humanity was pretty close to an all-time low. And what the trails have really given me is a restored faith in humanity because you see so much of the goodness that people have to offer all of the time. And it just amazes me every day. Why do you think... A lot of people touch on this when I interview them. People from all walks of life say the same exact thing, um, that their faith in res- their faith in humanity has been restored. Why do you think that happens on the trail? What do you think, especially I'm curious, since you know the brain so well, why you think people tend to do that on the trail and around the trail? Uh, I think it's because historically, as a culture and as a society, we have a special place in our hearts for travelers. And so we get this sort of traveler exemption to the normal sort of frigidness and hostility and stranger danger (laughs) that people in their daily lives have. And once people get to know you as an individual, they're more willing to reach out to you and help you because they see you as a person instead of just a part of a bigger broken system. That's a really nice way to put that. Um, so let's get back to you again. So you did the Appalachian Trail. How did that wind up working out for you? I'm sure you went through a lot of different stuff. Uh, I absolutely loved the parts that I didn't hate. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it rained, I think, 50 of the first 60 days I was on the trail. <laughs> so that's a very AT experience. Yep. It was very challenging. But, I mean, I started out going maybe 10 miles a day, really slow, because I did have a lot of health issues to sort of get control of again. And by the end, 
I was doing 20s and the weather was great and it was peak fall foliage season. Oh, it was just absolutely amazing. You know, so you did the you did the Appalachian Trail in 2013 and then you basically went and did the whole PCT in 2014. Yep. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you decided to wind up doing that? Oh, that's a fairly complicated <laughs> thing. Um, when I first got off of the AT, I, like many people, thought that there was no way I was going to do another through hike. <laughs> and I definitely wasn't going to do another through hike solo. And then I sort of came back to civilization. And the longer I was back, the long, the more I realized that all I really wanted to do was hike. <laughs> <laughs> and sort of I looked at my finances and sort of what I'd budgeted. I'm like, can I actually go and do the PCT? Can I really get away with that? Um, because the AT in a lot of ways for me had been work. It had been trying to get my life back. And I did that. I lost 60 pounds on the AT. And when I came back, my lung function was back to normal for the first time in at least five years. And I had this new body. It was so exciting. I'm like, I have this, it's, this is me. This is me the way I should be the way I want to be and what do I want to do with this new me that I've earned back that I've just gotten back it's like being a kid again for me it's like and so I thought about it I'm like if I could do anything in the world right now what would I do and the answer was the PCT yeah. so I'm like okay so are there any real reasons why I shouldn't do it and I couldn't come up with any reasons that were good enough not to so um a person that I'd met on the AT, actually, near the end of the trip in Munson, Maine, who had given me the shoes off of his feet, literally, because oh my, my shoes had fallen apart in Munson and weren't going to work. And he happened to be wearing the same brand, the same style, the same size even of shoe. Trail magic at Trail its best. Trail magic, yeah. And so uh, when I was thinking about going to do the PCT, he's like, well... I live in California and I'm planning on doing it too. I'm going to start on April Fool's Day because it's a fool's errand and that just seems awesome. But if you come out, you know, I can give you a ride to the trail and get you started. No way. So that's what I did. I'm like, this is earlier than I sort of planned on doing this, but sure, why not? So I headed back off to the trail and started... The PCT. With and, that guy. Yeah, with that guy. I hiked with him for the first four days. I knew it was just going to be a couple days. And then was alone in the desert. Which is a very, very different place than the AT. <laughs> yeah, it is. So right now we're we're going through the ridiculous permitting system that happens in Baxter State Park. Um, so we're going to have to cut this short for a minute. Um, obviously, I want to talk to you again, Patches. This is a really, really, really <laughs> great... This is a quintessential hiker experience and I think you're really eloquent and articulate speaker so I'd like to talk to you again but there's a park ranger and she's going about her business and I get, think it's pretty strict here in general so we're going to cut it short for a minute um, while we get permitted just in case I don't want to get yelled at you know <laughs> not popping bottles of champagne or anything but god forbid oh I'm, I'm, I'm doing something illegal by recording my my 
time in uh, Baxter State Park with patches. Oh my gosh, yeah. Would this count as being a commercial activity? Because that would be... Yeah. I know, we don't gotta, get... You gotta check that out the door. <laughs> we don't get paid to do this podcast. Right. So I think maybe it's okay, but I'm gonna have to jump forward with my partner in a second anyway. So for now, we're both gonna sign off, but I'm gonna get back with you, Patches. Signing off, this is Kimchi. And Patches. Thanks. Hey, this is Kimchi with Sounds of the Trail, and uh, I oh, guess... Gizmo! <laughs> That's Rock <Gizmo>! Ocean. <laughs> Rock Ocean is yelling Gizmo's name. I'm in Millinocket, Maine, again. I summited Mount Katahdin yesterday to begin my southbound through-hike finishing remainder of thing. Uh, it's kind of interesting, I guess, getting, getting to the end of a trail um, before you actually get to the end of the trail. So, I don't know. I wasn't really expecting to southbound... Like I said, I think I've said it 800 million times, so I'm not going to say it again. But it was uh, it was not anticlimactic, that's for sure. Um, it was a really hard summit, and it was actually one of the hardest hikes I've ever done. Uh, not not to get to the summit, but we kind of continued on to to do kind of a pretty famous part of the trail up there, and that was the Knife's Edge, which was very intense. Um, Man, it was it was beautiful though. The entire thing was absolutely amazing. I felt like I was at home as soon as I got back on the trail. I actually almost cried <laughs> as I walked through the woods. It just smelled like Christmas trees and it was beautiful and the water was beautiful and the sun was dappled and coming through the trees and I walked on some soft pine needle beds for a tiny bit until the trail got rigorous and insane like it normally does. A lot of scrambling, lots of scrambling. A lot of like, uh, even some technical, <laughs> technical rock climbing along the uh, the knife's edge there, but getting up, you know, going up, I ha- a lot of things were going through my mind, um, and I actually passed some through hikers who had just finished their summit. They finished their through hike. They were done, and I wanted to interview them, but I couldn't because a they were coming down the trail and they were exhausted. They were just done and tired and over it. And the last thing they wanted to do was talk to me, a flip flopper. People don't necessarily respect us very much. <laughs> a flip-flopper going, you know, up the mountain to basically come down south after they had just finished their entire trek coming down. So I just exchanged a few words with them and let them go. Um, and then I I began my... I continued on to my summit. And the summit was... Uh, it was amazing. I mean, anything out here is a gift. I'm always happy to be out here. I'm always happy. Even in the worst times when I want to quit and I'm angry I'm still happy somewhere inside of there and uh I really question why I was doing this flip-flop like why why don't I just um you know why don't I just do something easier for the rest of my summer and come back and do the Appalachian Trail another time and again it's like I can't let this go uh I gotta keep going and when I reached summit of Katahdin and I touched the sign and stood on it which is supposedly a no-no for flip-floppers um I just, I just felt like I was back home again, and I know it's going to be hard, and I'm actually with Rock Ocean, which is great, even though I'm not going to be able to keep up with them, I'm going to have to really push myself to do that, but I will keep up with them if I can. (laughs) Uh, It's just, I mean, I just feel like I'm really happy to be back home. Hopefully, uh, the 100-mile wilderness will be great and lovely and amazing, and I don't know, I'm just happy to be in Maine in general. I'm happy to push myself. I'm really sore and tired today. I'm cut up and bruised, and it feels good to be uh, be in pain, I guess, again, to be to know that my body is physically doing something and 
Yesterday I saw some of the most beautiful things I've ever seen and got pushed to some serious limits while I was clinging onto the knife's edge during giant gusts of wind. And uh, yeah, I'm just ready to be in it to win it. I just interviewed Mighty Mouse, a through hiker who finished her summit, and it was very inspiring to talk to her. And I can tell you that I know exactly how she's feeling because of last year, and uh, I'm looking forward to feeling that way again. So hopefully I can get all the way down to Virginia where I left off. It's going to be a long, hard, cold, wet walk, but uh, it'll be really nice and it'll be beautiful. And man, I'm just happy and grateful to be able to be back out there. So that being said, I'm Kim Chi and I'm signing off. And I'm tired. <laughs> hey, this is Kim Chi with Sounds of the Trail, and I am in Millinocket, Maine. Uh, this is the destination, I guess, for folks when they've done their final summit. They come back here and hang out and kind of celebrate and do their thing. Luckily, I met this really great lady, and she just finished her through hike so I'm going to have her introduce herself, and we'll go from there. Uh, what's your name, and how old are you, and where are you from? I am Mighty Mouse. I'm 21, and I'm from Indiana. Uh, when did you start the trail, Mighty Mouse? I started on March 25th. Wow. Okay. That's going pretty good. You're, like, crushing, crushing <laughs> yeah. those miles. Um, so I know this is, like, a loaded question, but... <laughs> oh, God. How do you feel right now? <laughs> I feel like I still don't believe I summited. I'm, I keep looking back at my pictures on top of Katahdin with the sign, and it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. I can't believe it. This is going to be a hard interview for me because I know what it's like to end a through hike, and I can't even imagine what it's like on the Appalachian Trail because <laughs> I'm flip-flopping. But I don't know. First of all, did you expect to finish, and how, how were the last couple of weeks leading up to your finishing? Oh I never really wanted to say like oh yeah I'm gonna summit but I never I knew I wasn't gonna quit either so the last couple of weeks have been really hard it's like you know you're still pumping out 20s and you're carrying all this weight on your back and you know you're so close but you still have two weeks to go and so the last the last two weeks were pretty trying and especially in the the 100 mile wilderness it was hard uh, tell me, like, why why it was hard, especially considering you just d had done so many <laughs> miles, and I know you went through. I know for a fact that you went through some of the worst weather ever in the South. It was it was hard because you're so close, but you're not done yet, and you're just so exhausted and so tired. And I'm sure you you understand just being that close to the end, but still having to keep going and going. You can't stop. So how do you feel now? Like, do you feel like you're relieved to be done? Are you happy? Like, I know it's a, it's really confusing. <laughs> and I kind of wanted to get someone who's just finished their through hike to uh, <laughs> describe that feeling, the crazy feeling that you feel <laughs> at the very end. I'm so relieved. I'm so happy I'm done hiking. Like, I get to wake up tomorrow and just lay in bed and do nothing. But I'm also starting to think now about more long-distance hikes. Because <laughs> I'm like... The, the whole time I'm like, I'm never going to hike again. I hate hiking. And now that I'm done, it's like, well, maybe I can hike a little bit more. Like, I still want to do long-distance hikes. I wish I could call you in a week because I, I, I already know what's going to happen in your brain. Can you do me a favor and sort of talk about... So we're trying to, like, sort of go in a vein of what how your trail family was and what your experience was. Like, some people started alone. They built a band of brothers. Some of them kind of fell off, I guess, like... You know that things change a lot. How how did that change for you? How did your crew change? Like how did your hike change as far as you and other people? So I came out here by myself, and then for the first three weeks, I had a group of like eight people. We were all hiking together, 
And then I get the coffee too. In uh, in Hot Springs, we all split up, so we had different plans, and so then I was on my own again. And then after that, I just kind of hooked up with different people, and then we'd break apart, and then I'd hook up with more people. And in Connecticut, actually, is when I got uh, Rush, who was my finishing partner, and we hiked from Connecticut to Katahdin together. So I was definitely, like, in a lot of different groups and kind of on my own at the same time. So what do you... How do you think your brain has changed throughout this time? <laughs> uh, this is an important one because there's, like, a certain psychology that changes as you through hike, and I think you know what I'm talking about. But uh, how do you feel, like, when... Kind of how you saw things when you first started the trail and how you see things now? Aww, that's a really interesting question. The most... <sighs> The biggest change that I know in myself is definitely the confidence of, like, being out in the woods by yourself. Like, before I came out here, I took a couple of shakedown hikes, and I was, like, terrified of the noises at night, and I slept with earplugs in. It was horrible. And now I know that I can go out for the weekend just by myself. So that's that's the biggest change that I've realized is just the confidence level. What about the world around you? Do you feel like your view about kind of the world has changed at all? A little bit. Definitely uh, seeing all the help that the thru-hikers get, like faith in humanity restored. You just meet so many great people that just want to help you and be there for you and are so proud of what you're doing. Also, a lot of people before they start the trail, <clears throat> I don't know, you, you have like a certain level of comforts in your life. Mm-hmm. So you like sort of don't really think about those things until you get on trail and then you're like, wow, a hot shower. <laughs> well, a hot shower is great. Oh my God, getting into my bed without being slimy is great. Oh, a bed's really great. Um, being able to go inside when it's raining and like take off your clothes and like put dry clothes on is pretty amazing. And then people have other things like, wow, I own all of these things. When, I, when you go home, you'll probably notice it. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed yourself like changing any of your like core values as far as like what you think you're going to go back to and where you came from definitely being able to carry everything you own on your back is awesome I want to go home and just clean out everything I don't need like I know I don't need all these things that I have it's I don't know it's it's so that's oh no that question was hard but definitely the what's changed is what I think I need versus what I actually need. Yeah, I think when I when I was on the trail, um, my my own psychology changed a lot. And I mean, I'm from Philadelphia, uh-huh. uh, and uh, being out there, like sometimes I would just realize how removed we are from nature in general. Yeah, and I noticed that a lot more out there because it's more removed than it is here. But when I got back to real life, quote unquote, and I was in a city, it was like really overwhelming for me. I don't know if you've noticed that when you go into towns or how do you like, how do you think it's going to be kind of, how do you feel like you're going to adapt to being back in regular life? (laughs) It's going to be hard because like you said, when you go into towns, it's so overwhelming with all the people and then the cars and you just like want to go back in your safe space in the woods. And so it's going to be a weird process trying to be a normal human again and drive a car and it's it's gonna be hard to reacclimate to real life 
How long has it been since you've like driven a car? And actually, that's really what I wanted to ask you. A lot of people take a significant amount of time off the trail, especially mm-hmm. this trail. I've noticed people go on like vacation and like do, oh, yeah. do stuff like that. What's the longest amount of time you took off from this trail? The longest I took was just one. I would take one day at a time. I went into New York for one day, and then my other zero days were just pretty much in the trail towns. So I really didn't take any time off for this. I noticed. That's why you got here so yeah. fast. That's why I was like, whoa, your time is really good. Yeah. These, I know these questions are really hard, especially right now. Like, <laughs> she must be really exhausted. You just came down. Let's talk about your summit real quick. Do you want to tell me when you summited, what the summit was like, how you came down? I did my yeah. summit yesterday, and nice. it was a lot different than your summit because you're actually finishing. Yeah. Um, so, and it was, yeah, I was expecting to do mine when I was finishing. <laughs> but why don't you tell me, like, when you started how you felt at the approach and like just what your summit was like so we woke up at 3:45 this morning and got to the trailhead by 4:30, and we all hiked up separate you know we went at our own time up there so started hiking and the hike up it was just I felt really good because I didn't have my backpack on I just had a day pack so I felt really strong and the miles went by really fast and then you get to the part where it's like you're two or three miles from the summit and you're like bouldering and like climbing up and I'm like oh god this is crazy and then when I finally saw the sign I got up there and the the two guys that I were with kind of walked away so I could have my moment with the sign and I just laid my head on it and was like crying and it was really really emotional and then we got to spend like 30 minutes up there just by ourselves taking pictures and you know being goofy through hikers but it was amazing it was really clear there was it was windy but there weren't really any clouds so we got to watch the sun come up over the mountain and it was just beautiful <laughs> how long i'm curious how long did it take you to uh reach the summit it took me three hours that's good about two and a half three hours yeah that's actually a really good time. Uh, and where did you guys start from this morning? We started from the base. Okay. Yeah. Super awesome. And then did you come back down the same AT trail? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You didn't do the knife edge? No. <laughs> that was worthwhile. It was scary, but worthwhile. So what? how was the day you started? Do you remember like what it was like the day that you started? Because now I'd like <laughs> yeah. to know how you felt that day. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember exactly how I felt. It was... It was like a kind of crappy, foggy, rainy day, and I was so excited, though. I walked into the woods, and I remember thinking, like, before you know it, you're going to be in Harper's Ferry, and then you're going to be done. Like, I remember thinking how fast it was going to go, and so I had a lot of excitement in the beginning, and uh, I was just ready to get going and get to Katahdin. (laughs) So, man, I'm, like, I'm really happy for you because I, I know what it's like to complete a through-hike. Uh, it's definitely weird to be flip-flopping, I'm not going to lie. What are you thinking about doing next year? You said you already started thinking about other hikes. Are you thinking about through-hikes or, and what do you, how do you, like, are you surprised that you decided that this is something you're going to do? Yes, I'm very surprised. I didn't think I'd want to do long-distance hikes anymore, but I definitely want to get out west, and my next trip will probably be the either the John Muir Trail or finishing the Long Trail, since we've already done, like, 100 miles miles of it so those are those are my plans for next year i mean you could still finish the long trail right now just saying that's true (laughs) i need a break (laughs) i guess the best things or the things i want to ask are what what things happened on this trail that you weren't expecting like what experiences were you not expecting uh what were your favorite experiences what were your worst experiences 
best, worst, you know, the normal kind of thing. And uh, what do you think you really took from this? So the worst was anytime I got stuck in a thunderstorm. I'm terrified of thunderstorms now because of this trail. I wasn't before I came out here. But uh, getting caught in the rain or storms was definitely the worst always. Um, The best was all the people I met, all the stories I got to hear, and, like, what people have done with their lives. And taking back from this is definitely... I know how strong I am and how determined I can be, and just finishing something like this is crazy and unbelievable and I can't believe that I did that I've done it and I'm done <laughs> I can believe that you did it I'm happy for you and I mean the trail like I think what I've noticed for is when you meet other people who hike you just have this weird understanding yeah yeah so I don't know so what do you think like the you said the worst were the thunderstorms mm-hmm. yeah what was your what was your favorite place I know that's a hard one oh, yeah <laughs> My favorite place was Franconia Ridge because no one had ever told me about it. Like, I knew the whites were awesome, but no one told me that Franconia Ridge was just two miles above treeline, like, looking back at all the white mountains, and it was gorgeous. We had a beautiful day, and that was my favorite day out here, definitely. You said you're from Indiana? Mm Mm-hmm. Had you ever been out in nature this much before? Not to this extent. Like, I hiked a lot back home, but, I mean, it's Indiana. It's very flat. We don't have mountains. So coming out here was, I mean, it was a shock to me. It was crazy. But I love the mountains now, and I don't know what I'm going to do without them. So you're 21. Uh, you're young. What do you? What are your, I guess, your 10 plans for after this? After this, um, I need to finish school. I took a year off of school to come out here and do that. So... I should finish that, but I don't, like, I, you know, everyone comes out here to figure their lives out, and no one ever does, so <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at. I'm just, I'm ready to keep doing things like this and go different places and see different things, and that's pretty much all I figured out, is that I want to keep doing stuff like this. I feel like that's kind of what a lot of people say, and uh, I've met a lot of people who are younger, mm-hmm. but also older people who are like, well, I took the year off, I'm a neuroscientist, and now I'm, you know, just figuring out how I can hike every day. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, so what are you studying in school? Do you have a specific uh, study, or what's your, what do you, I guess, what, what were your interests like in real life? They were uh, not too different, definitely like hiking and running I was big into, and then... In college, that was my problem, was trying to pick a major. So now I've kind of figured out I want to get into outdoor education. So that's what I'm going to go back and major in, because I had no idea before I came out here. Nice. I mean, I don't know, do you feel like you've kind of gotten more questions and answers along the way on the trail? or? <laughs> yeah, actually, my last uh, log entry before I went up to K- up Katahdin said... I have more problems now than when I started, but I'm a lot happier. So, it's I've I've got more questions, but I'm I'm much happier now. So, how overall, how do you think this this uh, entire through hike changed your life? And I can say entire because you have completed it. <laughs> it's like I said, it's made me a lot more confident in myself, and uh, I know how to push myself, and uh, that's it's. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's so unbelievable. I know exactly how you feel. <laughs> it's intense. It is intense. It's intense. That's what it is. 
But I'm, I'm happy it's over, but I'm so happy that I got the chance to come out here and do this. Well, you did it. You did it, and you probably affected a lot of different people mm-hmm. along the way. Even this little tiny interview I'm having with you is making me really stoked to keep going. Awesome. So, <laughs> And I think the people out there who are listening, like if they could actually kind of re- respond to this, they would be cheering you on mm-hmm. and be really excited for you, too. So is there any last uh, last little bit of words you can say? And thanks for your time, because I know you're freaking exhausted. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, is there actually where are you where are you going after this? Are you going back home? And when are you going back home? We're gonna fly back home Friday, and we're just gonna hang out in Maine for the rest of the week, kind of decompress, and then fly back Friday back to Indiana. Nice. And what kind of last words do you want to say to anyone out there who's listening? To people who've never hiked, to people who are thinking of hiking, and to people who are hiking because people who are hiking listen to this. Oh, people on the AT listen to it and the PCT. So <laughs> definitely, if you're out on one of the trails right now, keep going. Don't let the bad days get to you. Just finish it. Keep going. You're strong enough. And people who are thinking about hiking, go out and do it because it is freaking awesome. You have horrible days and it sucks sometimes and you curse the mountains, but it's always worth it. It's so much fun. Nice. Thank you so much, Mighty Mouse. I really, really, really appreciate this. Um, So from the Trail Connection Diner in Millinocket, we're both going to sign out. I'm Kim Chi and I'm signing out. I'm Mighty Mouse and I'm also signing out. Peace out. (laughs) So actually, this is Kimchi again, sorry. I wanted to get uh, Mighty Mouse's blog out there so you guys can read all about her entire journey. Um, I'll bet she's an articulate writer and probably has some sweet photos. (laughs) She seems kind of like a badass. Please don't bleep that out, Gizmo. Um, I'm going to let her tell you what it is and you guys should give her a follow. It's terrywalkerblog.wordpress.com. Make sure they know it's with an I. With an I. Terry with an I. <laughs> Terry with an I, no E. So that's terrywalkerblog.wordpress.com. <laughs> if you don't look at it, you're a sucker. <laughs> this is Kim Chi, and I'm signing out. I'm Kim Chi with Sounds of the Trail, and we are at Herd Brook Lean To in Maine with a couple of northbounders who are about to finish their through hike. Very chill dudes, both extremely handsome. You guys can't see them. This is uh, a true fact. Now they're both smiling and blushing. <laughs> um, so anyway, I got a couple of questions for, for you. You can introduce yourself. Uh, just tell me where you're from, kind of when you started, and what's going through your head right now. I'm Sparky. I'm from southern New Hampshire, and I started a northbound through hike from Springer March 11th. Nice. Uh, so how are you feeling right now? You don't have too many more miles left. I know you know the exact mileage. you want to tell me? I don't know the exact much. I've been trying to not look at the book so much because I, I um, stare at the book a lot. Uh, but I'm exhausted <laughs> and ready to be done. You're ready to be done. So what are you going to, first of all, when are you going to summit Katahdin? And then what do you think you're going to do after you summit Katahdin? Uh, tomorrow morning before noon. You guys talked me to Knife Edge, yes. so I'll be heading down that way, and then I have no I have no plans. It involves hitchhiking, though, <laughs> and probably McDonald's. <laughs> hitchhiking and McDonald's, that sounds luxurious. Um, so where are you from? Southern New Hampshire, but I spent a lot of time up in northern Vermont. Every, by the way, uh, you missed the northern greens when you hiked the AT, so get the LT in because that's a better part of the state of Vermont. I've heard multiple stories about the long trail, and I think I might have time to actually, like, fool around over there, so I might do that. Um, the northbounders have great advice for us southbounders because they've already done it. It's kind of a been-there-done-there thing. Um, do you want to tell me something cool that I should do aside from the long trail? 
Like on the AT? Yeah, or wherever. I don't know, at least hike naked once and skinny dip. <laughs> Good advice. So you said you don't really have any plans. Um, I know there's got to be like some adventure or something that's in the back of your mind. Are you heading back home or? I'm going to finish building a tiny house, actually. So that's happening this fall. My mother's offered to host that in her driveway. <laughs> so it's an 8 by 18 trailer with a a small house on it. So I'm going to finish that. Nice. After I finish this. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking this is a, a growing trend towards finishing things. So did you have trouble finishing stuff before? Or were you always a finisher? Never a finisher. Never a finisher. Never a finisher. And Katahdin's right around the corner. So. Yeah, I mean, you're totally right there. Like, And you're, you have some of the most beautiful, easy miles that you'll have on the Appalachian Trail. Very laid back, except for Katahdin, which will be a breeze for you anyway, because you're going to be excited to climb up stuff. Um, so in your regular life, aside from building tiny houses, what kind of stuff do you like to do? Oh, that's a difficult question. I like a lot of different things. Maybe uh, just varying things. I don't like to do the same thing every day. How's that? <laughs> that's why you're a thru-hiker. <laughs> that's why I'm a thru-hiker. <laughs> Except for waking up every morning and grinding out 20 miles every single day. I don't know. All right, well, how about this? This is with something I really want to ask someone who's almost at the end of their trail, and I know you're tired, and I know your brain's probably, like, mushy and weird, um, and your body's probably like, leave me alone. I want to eat lots of food and sleep. Shut up. Uh, what What do you think the best parts of the trail were for you, and what do you think the hardest parts were, like, parts you weren't really expecting? I would say my favorite part of the trail, which we discussed earlier, was the uh, southern descent of Mount Madison in, like, a... 35 mile an hour crosswind. I had a blast, which <laughs> sounds facetious, but that's true. Um, first week would be the most challenging. This is my first backpacking trip. So I got sideways with Mother Nature before Neil's Gap. Uh, spent a bunch of money on gear at Neil's Gap and then kept going. Uh, and then also just the fact that you're dragging along New England. Certainly, I hit a wall coming into New Hampshire. So that would probably be just the fact that you, your body doesn't want to go more than 1,800 miles maybe might be the issue there. But uh, that would probably be the hardest part would be the mental block and getting up every day and hiking just to pack out and start walking. Yeah, you start to get to a point where you're just like, holy shit. Oh, why am I doing this? Well, I did. I did every day for a while on the PCT and the AT. And then having getting injured and having to get off the trail involuntarily, I realized how sad I was. A lot of people go through sort of a, like, when they get close to the end, they get kind of excited the way you're talking about. But they also have, like, a sense of dread. Do you have any of that? I feel like this was a positive change in my life that will continue whether I'm on the trail or not. So I will definitely be a part of the woods and I will be living close to nature after this. I was never a city boy anyway, but uh, <laughs> even in the country, I think it's a little too cushy to have an indoor shower. <laughs> All right, so you're on the right track then. Um, if you... If you could say anything to anyone out there who's just thinking about hiking or maybe not hiking or even hiking a little bit, or what would you tell them? You know, keep hiking or keep doing the the things that make you happy. For me, it's not necessarily putting 20 miles in a day. It's just being away from society and sounds of people and town and 
cars and roads and I don't know. You're just way out here right now and it's so much more peaceful and it's a connection you have with nature that you wouldn't get in your backyard because it's uninterrupted and it's very peaceful. So this guy really was hesitant about me interviewing him, which I think is hilarious. He's actually a very articulate speaker, one of the very most very articulate speakers I've had. <laughs> I mean, if you're really, really at the end of your trail. Is there anything else you want to say? And also, thanks for your time, because I know you didn't want to do this. <laughs> um, well, thank you. This has been an experience anyway. I would say that, you know, I feel like most people don't get enough time being exposed to nature this uh in depth i suppose so certainly for this amount of time but to be out in the woods backpacking carrying everything that you need to survive for a week at a time is immersive and something that i think everybody needs good stuff well thanks again for letting me interview you I told you it would be short and sweet. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I wish you luck on your summit. And I'm Kim Chi, and I'm signing out. And that's Sparky. And he's signing out. Hey, everyone. This is part three. I'm checking in from Bend. It's been a while. Uh, I've been kind of feeling like I've been way out there in the woods these last few weeks. There hasn't been much service between here and Ashland. Um, and Oregon's pretty, it's pretty dense forest, so there really isn't... I'm not, not going to say that there's not much to report back on, but it has kind of seemed like Groundhog Day here for the past uh, two weeks maybe now. And uh, But we're about halfway through Oregon now, halfway through the month of August. And, just, yeah, things are kind of moving along at the same pace. Um, we're really into the zone now. It's kind of really set in that this is normal and everything else seems pretty weird going into town i actually didn't even plan on coming into bend i would rather have stayed out going through the resorts that oregon has which are really convenient and nice for not going into towns but once again the trail kind of has a plan of its own and i ended up here uh long story i guess i'll get into that in a minute but um yeah things have really kind of changed i guess since we went into oregon it almost felt like as soon as we hit the border um the weather cooled off and groups changed and uh met a whole new crowd of people fell behind some of the people that i was hiking with um and then this whole this whole fiasco at crater lake that has probably reached the news for most of you um the, the big fire or i'm i'm assuming it made the news but there's a huge fire just north of crater lake between uh mount Thielson and crater lake and it ended up closing down a few days after we went through but we were hearing rumors when we were there that it was going to be closed and it kind of created this huge bubble of hikers and there were maybe 25 of us at a campground in Mazama and uh, we kind of all got the word at the same time that it was clear to go, at least for then. So we all hiked down and there was this massive herd of people kind of for a few days and then once we fell behind that, it disappeared and it went back to nobody. And I mean, I spent a few days seeing like maybe two or three people, two or three through hikers, a bunch of section hikers, but the through hiking community is kind of stretched out, I guess, um, because of these fires. And yeah, the, 
The fires are kind of our main focus right now. Everyone's pretty worried about what that is going to hold for us in Washington. There are a couple big closures from fires that are still burning and are still uncontained. So everyone's kind of on edge with that. We don't really know what's going to happen with Washington. Is there going to be huge roadwalk detours? Um, Are we going to have to skip sections and hopefully come back to do them later? Uh, It's just, it's not... It gives us a little bit of anxiety, but at the same time, we have to try to remember to focus on what we can and just hike while we can and deal with that. But um, that's the funny thing about the trail is that it'll be all, it'll seem like you've got it figured out one day and you've been in a routine for weeks and weeks and all of a sudden one little thing like a fire or falling behind by a day and uh, not even in a bad way, but... um, meeting a whole new group of people can really kind of change uh how things are going how fast you move your attitude towards the hike and i've personally went from hiking in a group of like five or six through most of northern california to just hiking with one other person through oregon which is a really nice change and it i didn't expect this to happen and it kind of just did when we all went through ashland but it's been a lot easier. You don't have to make as many uh, big sacrifices. It's not always, well, what do you guys want to do? Well, what do you want to do? It's We kind of just get to do what works, and it makes it a lot simpler, um, which is a good thing. But um, I'm not sure how it'll go into the future. Um, I'm actually about to meet up with the people who I hiked with in Northern California and hike out with them. So I'm joining back up with the group today and it's going to change all over again. So it's just one of those things where you just got to have to go with the flow and hopefully we'll hike together. And I'd, I'd love to finish with these guys. And that's the other thing is we're getting closer to the end and it's started becoming a countdown. I've kind of started mentally counting down miles instead of counting up. And it's a weird feeling, you know, you start thinking about what, what next, what do we do next and kind of where am I going to go? And a lot of us are pretty, um, free spirited in the sense that we don't really have, a, a lot of us don't have a plan or a job lined up. So we kind of are starting to have to force ourselves to think about that and consider our options. Um, but also thinking about how we're going to finish the trail. Who, who are we going to finish with? Um, am I going to make an effort to catch old friends that are just ahead of me to finish with them, which would be totally awesome and th- do something that we've talked about for weeks, hiking together back in the desert to finally be up and near, nearing the end and hopefully finishing with them. Um, which is, it's a, it's a funny game. You kind of, you're trying to catch people and they're trying to wait, but at the same time, they don't want to hike slower. They still want to keep hiking with the people they're hiking with. So you just kind of have to hope for the best. Um, I know there's a, I mean, ideally I'd finish with a whole group of my friends, but probably isn't going to happen that way. I hope I get to see them. Trail Days is also coming up. That's in uh, Cascade Locks at the end of the month. So... Uh, I'm actually having my parents come out and meet me, so I'm excited for that. I think a lot of people are going to use that as kind of a, a reunion point. Uh, maybe see some people uh, before you head off into Washington in the end. And I guess that's one lesson I learned from last year is that uh, 
that trail days and that point is kind of like a, a finale and everyone kind of hurries off and rushes off into Washington and finishes it out but uh, I, um, Washington is pretty high up there on uh, what keeps me motivated still and I really it's the, one of the sections I didn't get to hike last year so I'm pretty pretty darn excited to get to see that finally and get that feeling of being that close and it's still my mind doesn't really can't really wrap around the idea that it's coming to an end and that I've walked uh about 2,000 miles now I'll hit 2,000 tomorrow and that there's only just the 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 change part you know you tell people I walked 2,000 and some odd miles now it's just the the some odd part we've done the big chunks and I don't know it's it's really a hard it's one of those things where our brains aren't really designed to deal with numbers that big you know if you someone says think of 10 hikers you can think of 10 hikers but think of 2,000 hikers it's really hard to picture 2,000 people it's just the same way it is as it is for us to think about walking 2,000 miles it kind of just exceeds our ability to imagine but we've done it and it you keep reminding yourself of that and it's becoming a little bit of a grind um i am finding myself kind of reminding myself of that more that i'm getting there and that i've done it this much so far and this is only this will pass soon and any bad days i'm having i i know that they'll just go and i'll forget about them just like i forgot about a lot of the other tough days i've had and um yeah i mean this year has been it's been kind of a trip it's it's everything i expected and it's everything that i didn't expect has all happened so um yeah i'm still stoked still stoke level is very high still super excited to be out here and it's just a little bit of dealing with the bummer of having it coming to an end soon but um as for that we're gonna hit out to sandy am pass out of bend today hike over um mount jefferson and mount hood and then drop down into the columbia river gorge to cascade locks and then start the last state of washington and that's kind of what's in store for me over the next 10 days or so but um besides that sorry i disappeared into the woods for a little while it's good to be back in civilization although it's a little bit stressful for me it's a little overwhelming being in a town this big even though it's not even that big of a town it's still kind of uh it makes me it perks up my senses in ways that i'm not used to uh being out in the woods but got to eat some ice cream so i'm pumped um so besides that there's not much else to report on uh this is uh pretty it's like a it's like a gap in the middle of the trail almost it's almost like i've hit this point where it's just it's i've been out here for five months and it's just i've hit a normalcy level which is pretty cool so i'm i'm pumped about that but it is a little different uh than dealing with kind of the the rigors of the beginning of the trail it's now dealing with the the monotony of the middle sections of the trail but well i guess that about sums it up uh, I'll be back next week. I should be in more touch. Um, better reception than this deep, dark, not dark, deep dry woods that are southern Oregon. But 
This is Par 3 from Sounds of the Trail signing off from Bend, Oregon. See you guys next week.